Good grief. I didn't have much prepared to start with. Now I've got even less. So it's time to step away. It's time to step away from the podium, whatever you want to call it. No more hiding. God spoke to us. He spoke to me earlier in the year that 2016 would be a year that we come out of hiding. That we come out of the guilt, the condemnation, the shame, the habitual sin, the spiritual oppression. That 2016 would be a year where we come out of hiding. But I only, I only shared half the word. Because since sharing that word, God says, yes, you come out of hiding, but you come into it as well. And if you're a visitor here today, we've been taking a short Bible series on the uh, characters of the Bible. So you can see what a vast undertaking that would be. But I chose the life of David. And the life of David is marked by one thing. And that's the testimony of God on his life. And if you want to know the secret of David... Not only does he come out of hiding, but he makes that the place where he stays. You see, David, he grew up as a boy, insignificant, overlooked, the least in his family. But it's in that hiding place in the desert, in the wilderness, tending sheep, where he became a worshipper. There's so many people in the body of Christ at the moment wanting to have the front of stage. But not many want the hiding place. There's so much success-driven stuff within the community. But not many people want God for who he is. And being in that place of hiding... Because that's where David learnt how to be a worshipper. Now I don't doubt that God does the raising up. But the Bible's very clear that it's those who humble themselves under the mighty hand of God. It is God who raises them up at the appointed time. And that's what he did with David. This shepherd boy who was in the wilderness came into a palace David he knew he knew the highs and lows that we've just been singing about he knew what victories were the most, probably one of the most famous books in the Bible, The Slaying of Goliath. They wrote songs about this man. They talked about him on street corners because of the mighty victories that David did. And during his, during his reign, he brought Israel into a place of peace, unprecedented 
brought it into a place of peace. But he also knew the devastating effects of personal sin. He knew how destructive it was. So destructive it cost people their lives. But in every high and low, David's life speaks. It speaks. Do you want your life to speak? I know I do. But it speaks of a testimony. A testimony of God. See, David, he didn't carve a name out for himself. It wasn't about success. It wasn't even about opportunity. He didn't carve a name out trying to be successful. He just followed God with his whole heart, with his whole being. This is what God says himself about David. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. And he did. Even in the highs and the lows. It says that he completed, he finished the purpose that God had prepared for him. Now David, when he served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep. What a testimony. Do you want to mess about? Do you want to sit on the back row? Or do you want that testimony? Do you want David's testimony that you you serve the purposes of God in your generation? You've got a choice. And I believe God's saying today to some people, Will you serve this generation? Will you serve this generation? Do you know we've had the most wonderful privilege of seeing a woman who served her generation? When I were at Sue's funeral, the only thing that affected me the most deeply is this woman served the purposes of God in her generation. And I couldn't help And it's it's lit a fire under me because of the challenge her life brought. Because what she did, she lived a life well. And she served the purposes of God in her generation. And that's her story. That's her testimony. That when she went to sleep, she served the purpose of God. And it's an incredible privilege. And I've known other Christians through my walk who have had a profound effect on my life through some of the most difficult circumstances and heartbreaking circumstances have served the purpose of God in their generation. God's saying, wake up. For some of us today, and I put myself in that category, is saying, wake up. I want to mobilize you. 
I want to mobilize you. I want to send you out. And as we've heard already, the correct response is, here I am. Send me. David had done what was right in the eyes of the Lord and not failed to keep any of the Lord's commands all the days of his life, except in the case of Uriah the Hittite. Sometimes it's a case of doing what's right. And again, in our lives we get opportunities to do what's right. God says, this is a man after my own heart. Now, a testimony is a bit different to a life story. You can go to any news agents or supermarket, pick up a take a break or a woman's own, something like that. Not me personally, even though, even though, I'll be honest with you, when I started Slimmer's World, there were a coupon in Woman's Own for a free start. And I walked in, I said, yeah, Jenny, can I join? And she looked at me, says, all right, Mark. Hey, there you go, eh? There you go. It's true. It's a true story. So look out for your coupons. <laughs> yeah? But what do we want? Do we want drama? Do we want titillation? Yeah, because that's what a life story does. Yeah? I mean, some life stories, the incredible and inspiring. And people, I, I love sharing my story. But a testimony is different. A life story points to you. What you've been through, your ups and downs, your joys, your pleasures. A life story points to you. But when your testimony is released, it speaks of him. It speaks of Jesus. Like I say, I love hearing stories. But I also love to look for the golden thread in someone's life. Because there's a golden thread that runs through every single believer's life. And this golden thread is Jesus. I don't know if you've ever seen a uh, tapestry. When you see it, it's beautiful. When you see a tapestry, but you look at the back of it and it's a mess. These bits are not. These bits are cotton hanging off. You, you can't see a picture as such. But when you look at the tapestry, you see this beautiful picture. And this is what God does in our lives. He weaves this beautiful golden thread through the tapestry of our lives. It's the Jesus story. And it's the Jesus story that God's wanting to release and to mobilize in the streets, in the shops, at work, in your family. It's wanting to release and mobilize the story of Jesus. If nothing else today, 
if I can encourage you to share your testimony of what God's done, his goodness, of what he's done on the cross for you already. That's enough to get you started. Of what he's doing in your life. It's wonderful to hear Matty's story. The first time Matty's really come and share. And how articulate is he? Because you know why? Because he takes the things that are not. And he raises them up. That's what Jesus does. That's how he works. Do you know what I mean? We don't stand here thinking we're something. God takes what's not. It don't get any lower than that. But he raises us up. And he weaves a golden thread into his lives. A thread that people look at and say, that's, that's God. That's Jesus. It's about his goodness. It's about his mercy. It's about his grace. His kindness. What a testimony to have. I grew up in a little mining town. Anybody seen Billy Elliot? Well, it was a bit like that, except for the tutu. Yeah? <laughs> it was very a lot like that, except for the tutu. Yeah? I didn't, I didn't, uh, I had a marching band suit, but I didn't have a tutu. But, uh, and I grew up in that environment, through the miners' strike, through all the mines closing. And at that, at that time, as, as a 15-year-old, as a I started experimenting with drugs and smoking and all the other things. And uh, for over the next 10 years, I ended up addicted to drugs. And at 25, I, I were in a room and I says, I've lived by the sword. That's my life over. I only wanted to live till 25. And uh, I, I, I took a massive overdose. And I woke up 24 hours later and I thought, there's got to be more to life than this because I shouldn't be here. And uh, I went back to mum and dad and they, they asked me to, I asked them to help me again. And I'd asked them no end of times to help me. Uh, and I'd always gone back. But they helped me, and they, they helped me to get into a drug rehabilitation. Now, this drug rehabilitation was run by Christians. And as long as they kept the religion away from me, I was going to sort myself out, get myself clean, and get on with my life. And it was during that time that people started to tell me that Jesus loved me. And that he died for me. And I didn't want nothing to do with it. I were angry, I were antagonistic and I didn't want anything to do with it. But then about three months into the program, I, I were in my bedroom and I knew I was going back to what I knew. I knew I was going back to drugs. And I sat on the end of my bed and I says, God, if you're real, please help me. And I just sensed that somebody had just heard what I'd said and I began to cry. And I cried, and I cried, and I cried. The next morning, 
I went downstairs, I said, God's real. I didn't know who we were, but I knew we were real. And uh, at that time, we were able to go to the church. So I went to this church. It had about 300 people, quite lively, like we are. I thought, what on earth is this? They're all putting their hands in air and clapping and stuff. I thought, what? Well, I started sweating. I tend to sweat eh, when I'm nervous. Eh? But it was like, I just saw something in the people. I didn't know what it was, but I knew I wanted it. Then a bloke stood up like I am now and says that God can restore all the years the locusts have eaten, all the wasted years. And there were 300 people there and it was like God spoke to me. And I knew God was speaking to me. I went on to an Alpha course, which is a course just exploring Christianity. And by week two, I'd heard about Jesus again. And I heard about his love. And I heard that he died for me. And I was convinced. I soon made a commitment. I knew I had to make a personal commitment to this. I knew I had to respond personally. And I remember singing a song in church and just seeing Jesus on the cross. And there, there were all blood red skies behind him. And I knew it was my sin that had held him there. And it became very personal. And I asked him to forgive me and I asked him to come into my life. And I was filled with the love of God. But I didn't know anybody in church. So I didn't know what to do. So I went up back to the rehab. I said, look, I've done this. I've prayed this and this has happened. And they said, how many people you told you're a Christian? And it just hit me. I knew I'd be born again. I knew I'd come into his kingdom. And uh, I think becoming a Christian were the hardest thing to do for me. But then being a Christian is hard as well. And I've had more heartache, I think, being a Christian than I did, believe it or not, in, in the time when I was a drug addict. But God has been faithful through it all. And when every time I come to the point where I think God can't restore anymore, he says, son, you haven't seen nothing yet. And he said it to me again on Friday. He says, son, you haven't seen anything yet. You haven't even sniffed the cork. And he keeps saying it to me. And I think, how on earth can you keep doing this, God? But it's the goodness of God. David knew the goodness of God. He sang about it. He says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I become a Christian and I began to chase after God, really chase after him. It's what David did. He was after his heart. And David's life, I'm good at stating the obvious, but Jesus is my favorite Bible character. Okay? Let's get that, let's that, let's get that just, it's a gift. You know what I mean? Somebody's put on Facebook this week that prophetic isn't stating the obvious. It actually is sometimes. You know what I mean? Coming into all the confusion of life and all the complications of life. Sorry, I've gone in there. All right, is that all right? 
into the complications of life, we look for the prophetic word. We look for the way out. We look for the, what's going to unlock my life. But it's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's not complicated, church. It's very, very simple. Very simple. Jesus lived a perfect life. The life that we could not live before God and before man. And they beat him, they crucified him, and killed him. But they say that on the cross, Jesus took the sins of the world. It says that the Father made him who knew no sin at all to become sin for us. Jesus opened his arms for you. But it won't to give you a sloppy cuddle. Because they nailed him, each side. And nailed it through his feet. And there he hung and died. And my sin and your sin were placed on him. Do you know why? So that we can go free. What injustice. What love. It's that simple. Jesus died and he raised to life. So that we could receive life. It's not rocket science, is it? But we can make it complicated and life can make it complicated sometimes. coming back church to the simple gospel yeah it's great God bless us God restores God sets free but we're coming back to the simple gospel the testimony of Jesus in his lives you see when I share my story sometimes it's like first you know first reaction I get after sharing my story oh I ain't got a story like that oh mine ain't powerful like yours Mark that's what I get that's what I get from people when it's like we've got to get back to our testimonies our testimonies how God's worked in us do you know what testimonies what reduced me to tears I grew up in the church. I always knew God existed. And then about seven or eight, I committed my life to Jesus. I hit my teenage years and I had some ups and downs and I struggled with all the world and it drawing to me, but I knew God were there and I knew we were faithful. And today I stand here waiting to be baptized at 15 years old because I want to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. Which testimony do you think I'd prefer for my daughter? My testimony? Or your testimony? 
because I can assure you, it's yours. And I will glorify God and run after him and be jealous for that, to be jealous for that testimony for my seven-year-old daughter. So please, it's absolutely ridiculous what you're saying. Ridiculous. Please see it for it is. It's a foul, foul lie of the enemy to stop you talking about Jesus to people. You have a golden thread running through your life. And his name is Jesus Christ. So church, can I encourage you? Be mobilized. I know it's one of those words, but be mobilized. Be mobilized in your workplace. Be mobilized in your family. What glory it brings, God. Be mobilized in the gym. <laughs> Sorry, we're just having a conversation about that one at the moment. <laughs> Be mobilized in the coffee shops. Release the testimony. Now, over this next, I'm being very stirred by God at the moment that, that I'm to do this myself. So I'm, I'm speaking to myself first and foremost, and I'm always in the first, in the queue for any prayer. When I preach, I go like that, and then I turn around like that, and I'm ready. So he's doing it with me. But I want to encourage us, and I, I, I'm going to be after you. I'm going to be encouraging you. Uh, we're talking about buying PA systems for the street, for street work. We're talking about releasing the healing stories onto the streets and seeing healing. We're dreaming about seeing people come to Christ more and more in the highways and the byways and the edges where God is sending us. And I'm in on this. But it's for every one of us. Charles Spurgeon says you get one soul winner and you win a few souls. You get a, you get a church of soul winners and a whole city can be changed. Now, maybe you're not, you're all, or we've, all, we've already heard all different giftings, all different things, but I've, as an evangelist, I'm saying it out loud now, as an evangelist, I have never been in a wineskin, a, a body of Christ, which I would bring a not yet believer to. And there's something very special that God has done amongst us that when we bring people who are hurting, broken, and looking for Jesus, they're going to get looked after here. And it's an, I've been in great churches, but there's something special that God is preparing us in ready for the hurt, the broken, and the lost, as Sharon has, has shared. He's out there. He's out there. And more and more, I'm scared. I don't know anybody else scared. You might see boldness, you might see wherever, but I'm scared. But God has called us to the highways and the byways to bring them in, because there's gonna be a great celebration and a banquet, and everyone's invited. So. Are we going to do it? Yeah, we're going to do it. I need you, and you need me, and we need each other in this. 
But God is breaking those doors open. It's the walls of the church, we say in spirit break out, you know, and break our walls down. It's happening. Life after life, my life, your life, Matty's life. Life after lives are breaking those walls down. And it's what is it for? Surely it's for the release of the kingdom. Surely it's for the release of the kingdom. Surely it's for the salvation of this city. It's breaking us walls down. But it's not to become a bless me club. It's to become a mobilized people. Reaching out. Hands and feet. And hearts loving people. Back to wholeness. Restoration. And freedom. Shall we stand? I'm going to be chasing after all of you. We're going to start thinking about, as Testament is, how we can get them down into three minutes, ten minutes, and maybe an hour over coffee. But just shaping that and uh, let's get them down there. Let's get this, let's get the news out. So we're going to start thinking newsletters. I know I'm sounding quite practical now, but this is, it's releasing the Jesus stories. There's many, many Jesus stories ready for people out there to receive. And uh, shall we just raise our hands again? We started by raising our hands and we're going to finish and we're going to ask fire of God. Fire of God, come. Come, Lord. Lord, we had a word in a prayer meeting that it's like backdraft. The fire is built up behind the doors and the doors are ready to burst open. And I pray that, Father, the Lord, that the fire of God, the fire of evangelism, the fire of testimony would be released into this city, Lord. Lord, into every corner, every edge. Lord, Lord, into the dark places. Lord, into the shops, into the markets. Lord, we ask in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would come and bring that fire that fire. Thank you for your mercy upon this city, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your goodness upon this people, Lord. And we ask in the name of Jesus that it would be released, that your kingdom would be released on the earth, Lord, and many, many will know. Many, many will know. We thank you, Lord. And Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would become famous. You would become famous in this city because it's for your glory. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, and we just pray that you just start making connections now as well, Lord, within this city, significant connections within the city. Lord, lead us to the ones you've got for us. We ask this, Lord, and we just pray, Lord, that you'd release testimony more and more in this place. We thank you for stories of lives being changed, Lord. But we ask and we're jealous for many more, Lord. Lord, we ask that in Jesus' name. For your glory. For your glory. David were a man after God's own heart. And for some, you're stuck in the starting blocks. You're stuck in the starting blocks and... uh, You don't know how to get going. But God is 
is going to fire a gun into your life. A starting gun into your life and you're going to run. For some it's already starting to happen. You've, you've started to feel. You've started to feel that uh, track underneath your feet. But like I, I were told this week, you haven't even sniffed the coke yet. There's so much more for you. And I pray, Lord, for everyone who's stuck. Lord, I pray that you would just set that fire, that, that gun, that you would shoot that gun into their lives, Lord, that they may run in abandonment like David did. And Father, for others who was, this thing's cut in. It says in Hebrews that what has cut into you to stop you running? And for others, there's some things that have cut into your life and it's stopped you running for him. But today, God wants to just remove those hindrances so that you can run once again. For others, you've had dreams from, from an early age. But you may be thinking, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit old for running. But we've been singing a song all week that God's going to take you back. He's going to take you back to the beginning. When you were young, running through the fields with him. And he's going to take you back and then he's going to spring you forward. And I ask that in Jesus' name. I ask that in Jesus' name. I just pray that you dust off right now. Lord, those promises, that vision and that dream, Lord, that we may run. Run like David did. Run into the purposes of God. And to fulfill those purposes in this generation, Lord. In this place at this time. We ask that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Amen.